It is one of my favorite and most popular annual episode, guys, wedding trends for the upcoming year. This is for 2022. Um, in episode seven, I predicted the 2021 trends, and that is still my third most popular episode. So I am excited to record this one for you all. Um, so let's get to it. Listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Today's episode is brought to you by The Planner's Playbook. If you want to fast track your wedding planning career, The Planner's Playbook is your secret to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Even with over 15 years of wedding and event planning experience, I still need a business coach to make sure I'm achieving all of my career goals, and that coach is Candice Coppola. Candace has put together an incredible program for wedding planners who are five years or less into their business called the Planner's Playbook. Planner's Playbook gives you the training and support you need for a successful wedding planning business, including a supportive community and solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. Every month you receive a new wedding planning playbook straight to your inbox. It's filled with tangible advice on everything from how to plan a tented wedding to preparing client budgets, pricing your services, and so much more. The Plast Playbook was over 50 pages of amazing information. How can you say no? Access to the Planner's Playbook opens only four times a year, but you can join anytime by using my unique link. To learn more about the Planner's Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. One word. Again, you can skip the waitlist and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Imagine and all the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. It is no secret, after the past two years of pivoting and rescheduling, downsizing and canceling, and social distancing, couples and their guests are excited and anxious to finally get married and celebrate. The number of couples who got engaged last year and the year before and this past Christmas are is just unreal. There's just so many people. Um, so everyone is itching to have their special moment with family and friends. And guys, also, we vendors, too, are included in this circle of people that just want you to get married because some of us have been working with couples for that have postponed twice, which means that they've been planning with their vendors for three years now. So we are ready for you just to get on with your life and have that amazing celebration. So suffice it to say, 2022 is going to be an explosive year for weddings. It's also going to be a reflection of what's currently happening in society. So I'm excited to share with you all my predictions for trends um, for weddings in 2022. Now, these predictions are based on a little research and a lot of observations for what I'm seeing and experiencing in the industry. So they're just my opinions. Nothing is guaranteed. Um, but I always think it's interesting to look back on what I predicted in the past and what is still relevant in the future. So I'm going to start out this episode by looking at what I predicted for trends for 2021 weddings really fast and seeing if any of those trends I think will still apply in 2022 and then move on to the new trends that I'm seeing for 2022, if that makes sense. Um, but I wanted to also stress to you all that you should plan a wedding that is what you want, what you and your partner want. If you feel pressured to do something because other people are, people are doing it, let them have it and you do you, boo. You do not need to do what other people are doing just because I'm saying it's a trend. It's merely an observation of what 
seems to be happening, but it doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think you need to do it. Um, your wedding is an expression of you and your partner at this moment in time. So just remember that. Um, if you are a fellow wedding pro listening to this episode, I would love to hear what you think of these trends and predictions. And if you agree or disagree, I am based in upstate New York. So what I am seeing is definitely going to be different from what people that are based in California are seeing and in the South. So keep that in mind as well. But I did do research and hopefully, you know, some of these trends are going to be for everyone, at least in the U.S. As always, you can find the show notes for this episode at verveventco.com forward slash 48. That's 48. Um, And now let's get on to today's episode. If you want to go back to and re-listen to the 2021 Wedding Trends episode, that was episode seven in the podcast, or you can visit those show notes at ferveventco.com forward slash seven, the number seven, Um, or you can just listen really quickly to this part of the episode. Okay, so let's get on. Trend number one I predicted was bright, happy, and cheerful colors. Um, in weddings, in like the decor and the aesthetics, etc. I do think that this trend will still apply for 2022 weddings. Couples are experimenting more with less traditional color palettes and hues, and I love it. You all know I love color. Um, more discussion on this later on in the episode, though, but I do think that this trend will still apply for 2022. Um, okay, Trend number two, I predicted that more couples will hire wedding planners. This one is interesting because I get the sense, um, just from all of the inquiries that I'm getting, that a lot of couples for 2022 weddings went out and booked a bunch of vendors because they were in a hoarding mentality and didn't want to lose out if they waited. I totally get it. Um, so I'm getting a lot more inquiries from couples that are further along in the process than normal, at least pre-pandemic, because they... Uh, booked a lot of their vendors, but then they realized quickly that they still want a wedding planner to ensure that they're making all the right decisions at the right time and that they have someone by their side to ensure that their investment is taken care of. And this is why couples book wedding planners. I mean, they they want someone to guide them along in the process um, that is a, a colleague, a collaborative person, someone to sound off ideas on, someone that is a professional that gets it, does the research, understands, has contacts in the industry, talks to a lot of people, and really just someone that can really help them throughout this planning journey. So I think it's still going to be applicable for 2022. Also, with all of the (laughs) changing restrictions from year to year, month to month, season to season, Things just keep changing and couples feel more assured if they have a partner like a wedding planner to help them navigate all of these changes and restrictions and someone that's keeping up with it and seeing and talking to other vendors and how um, we are dealing with these changes, how we're mitigating risk, how we are innovating. You know, that's just our job to be up on these types of things. So I think having a a wedding planner to rely on and to look to for this kind of guidance is going to be very, very helpful in 2022 and 2023. I'm also booking weddings for 2023 earlier than usual. Um, So I think this trend will continue for 2022 as well as couples realize that you all know wedding planning is hard. It's even harder in a pandemic, in post-pandemic, in a different world. So with all this uncertainty that things just keep changing and everyone is just tired and fatigued of dealing with all these changes, I hear you. Um, having someone to look to that um, understands what you're going through and is working through these things with multiple people, um, I think will be very helpful. Anyways, Let's keep going. Um, I could talk about that for hours. Okay, trend number three that we predicted for 21 weddings was tents are the new ballrooms. Yes, I do think this trend is still going to be applicable for 2022 weddings, even if couples feel comfortable having people inside you know, they require guests to be vaccinated. They show proof of vaccination. They get boosted. Some of their guests 
are still going to be wary of being indoors with a large group of people. So many couples are still going to opt for outdoor settings with greater airflow if possible. Okay, trend four that we predicted was Sunday is the new Saturday. This again will definitely still apply for 2022 and potentially 23 weddings because couples are going to need to be flexible if they want to get married at a certain venue or at a certain time of the year. Um, So non-traditional days of the week will still be common in the coming years, just because, as I said, lots of people are getting married, um, but there's a finite number of resources. So being flexible is going to be key in upcoming years when you're picking a venue or a date. Okay, trend five, we predicted um, unexpected and mismatched seating arrangements. So this is a trend that is more popular on the West Coast and is slowly coming to the East Coast. It refers to ceremony chairs being somewhat different um, and more of the unexpected, like not having folding chairs or vineyard chairs or um, pews. So, for example, a trend that I'm seeing is that couples, um, at least on the West Coast, are t- are, op- are opting for tufted cushions or ottomans, like single ottomans that people can sit on um, instead of rows of chairs and rows of couches. Um, I agree, in my opinion, that the unexpected and surprising ways of providing seating will still be popular. We wedding providers, wedding service providers are always trying to change it up because we see and do a lot of the same events all of the time. Um, or what we're at least seeing, you know, what other people are doing. So we want to change it up for our couples and try to make the experience more unique and different for them. I'm not so sure about the mismatch seating. Um, that was more for like a vintage look of like different kinds of chairs. I feel like that vintage look is on its way out. So I don't know if that's going to be as much of a thing. Um, but you know, <laughs> Now that I think about it, actually, with supply chain issues being what they are, that could definitely still be a thing in 2022. So I would not be surprised. Okay. The sixth trend that we predicted um, was more comfortable seating. This was referring to more couples providing comfy couches, settees, tufted chairs for guests because guests were doing a lot more sitting than standing and walking around because basically people couldn't move or they couldn't take their mask off if they were, unless they were seated. Um, there was definitely less mingling and mixing between different groups due to restrictions, which happened this past year. So I definitely think that was um, a thing. I think lounge seating moving forward uh, for 2022 will still be popular. It always is. It provides a great way to add decor and personality to your space. It also provides a great place for guests to visit with one another. So I think comfy seating is definitely going to be popular still in 2022. Um, okay, trend number seven that we predicted are small bites and individual servings. For a while, many people, you guys remember, were doing away with self-serve buffets. Um, there were a lot of individually wrapped items like s- desserts all in their own boxes, cupcakes all in their own boxes, cookies in all their own boxes. That produced a lot of waste. So I don't know if that's still going to be as much of a thing. Um, I definitely think it's going to be more of a norm, but caterers did get creative and made little baskets or individual trays with all of the hors d'oeuvres or appetizers that they would then serve to a guest. So instead of a guest going up to a buffet and picking and choosing five different things, the caterer just brought out in a basket or a tray um, five of the appetizers or five of, you know, little things. I do think that this will still be kind of a thing in 2022 because people are still worried about germs. And I think that's just going to stay with us for the future. Um, but basically what caterers did was they would, I for, for example, one of my weddings this summer, we had these cute, adorable little baskets and the caterer put inside them rolled up charcuterie, rolled up, um, not rolled up, but little pieces of cheese, the toast, grapes, strawberries, just like a little mini charcuterie basket that guests picked up per couple so that they didn't necessarily have to share um, and have to experience potential cross-contamination at the buffet, which I thought was really, really cute. Um, and, the, and then guests took the baskets home as part of their favor. So I think something like that 
will still be in play where it's more individualized settings that prevent cross-contamination. Another thing that um, happened with this in 2021 was instead of having the buffet um, where guests piled everything on their plate on their own, caterers added a attendant to serve guests. So it was only one person that was holding the tongs, that was touching the thing, you know, the the charcuterie or the crackers or whatever with the tongs and putting them on the guest's plate. So I think that is still going to be around for um, for a couple of years to come. Um, I don't know about all of the individually wrapped items because they just produced a lot of waste. Like think of all of those disposable masks that you see lying around in parking lots. Um, that's just, I feel like it's wasteful, um, but guests want to feel safe. So you know, I think we're going to see some kind of hybrid of this um, in years to come. So something to think about for you as you're planning your wedding. Okay, trend number eight, smaller guest counts. So that was something that we predicted for 2021 weddings. I think if this can be avoided, a lot of couples are going to try to have larger parties if they can. However, um, they will probably still have multiple versions of their guest list in case they need to downsize. Um, in addition, some guests just may not feel comfortable traveling or attending a large function with a lot of people, so they might opt to stay at home. On the flip side of this, there are others that are really excited to party and celebrate pre-pandemic style and are just like, I can't wait I want to go party. Let's go do this. So they may attend a wedding that they normally wouldn't have. So I think you're going to see it on both sides where there's going to be an uptick in some guests that you're surprised to see, but then downward um, negative responses from people that normally would have attended that now cannot. I've also seen a lot of cases in my weddings where guests that were uh, planning to attend um, but then someone in their family tested positive the week of the wedding. So they had to cancel literally, you know, three days before because they couldn't come. Um, and I think that's still going to be a factor this coming year. So surprising number, like it just being difficult to predict your guest count um, <coughs> more so than in years past. Trend number nine out of 10 that we predicted, bigger budgets for the little things. I definitely think that this will still apply for 2022 because couples will finally be having the wedding that they have been waiting for and wanting um, for such a long time, and they're going to want to go all out. They've also lost touch, perhaps, with a lot of people that they may have originally felt obligated to invite, but they no longer feel compelled to, like their coworkers that are now maybe all remote that they've lost touch with, or they changed jobs during the pandemic and they're not as close with their new coworkers. So I think guest lists will still be a little bit on the smaller side than what they normally would have been pre-pandemic. Um, because of this, I think couples are going to think about quality versus quantity and spend more on things that matter to them and how they create an experience for their guests that do attend and are able to come. So I think that is still going to be applicable. Okay, and then number 10, um, live entertainment that's not a band or a DJ. This was on the list for 2021 because weddings were going to be smaller and some couples didn't feel like a ruckus dance party was going to happen with only 25 to 50 people. I always encourage my couples to think outside the box when it comes to entertainment. Um, a lot of my couples love DJs and bands, which I think are great, but I always like to think of ways to enhance the experience with my couples that seem relevant to my couples and their personalities. So dueling pianos, close-up magicians, live painters, um, people that do Hamilton solos or, you know, circus artists and not like the elephant coming down, but like Cirque du Soleil, things like that, that is just different, that's visual, um, that is a surprise for guests. I saw one, oh my God, this is crazy. This woman, oh, I forgot her name. She was amazing, but my she was performed with my daughter's um, orchestra. She's only seven, so she's not in like an actual orchestra. She's just learning the viola. But anyways, her teacher performed with this woman and she was a silk aerial artist. So she is up on the, you know, the silk aerial and she's like doing all these flips and things while she is playing a violin. And she plays the violin 
amazing. Like she is so fast and plays so quickly and she's hanging upside down. So, you know, I think that would be super fun. Um, you would have to get a really good place that has good rigging um, and really high ceilings in order to pull this off like a stage. But something like that would be super, super fun. Anyways, <coughs> I think couples will try to innovate and provide their guests with a unique experience in 2022 and 2023. So I think this is still going to be applicable. Um, but yeah, so that was a reflection on our predictions from our 2021 weddings or the wedding year, our predictions for 2021 weddings. Um, if you agree or disagree, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, don't forget to leave the podcast or even Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. And then we can respond and talk and chat about it. Um, and now we're going to get to our predictions for 2022 weddings. Okay. 2022 wedding trends. All right. Our first prediction or my first prediction um, are weekday events for both 2022 and 2023 weddings. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode. So as you all know, probably by now, um, Saturday is the most popular day to get married. According to Hitched.co, the most popular wedding dates of 2021 were Saturday, August 21st, August 7th, Saturday, July 31st, and the 24th. And on those weekends alone, over 10,000 couples planned to get married. So that is a lot of people. Um, now, a lot of couples did decide to reschedule their weddings due to COVID restrictions. So that means that they pushed their weddings to 2022 or 2023. So now we are looking at a backup of about two or three years of weddings just because the couples that wanted to get married in 2020 pushed their wedding to 2021 and then they pushed it to 2022 and then, then those couple, you know, you get it. So as a consequence, weekend dates, especially in the summer, are going to be more competitive and expensive to, to book if they're not already booked. Um, this might be different if you live, for example, in Atlanta or Florida, where the wedding season is more in the sh like the spring and fall months because it's just so hot in the summertime. But for people us like in the north, we the summer is like our bread and butter because we have so many weddings because our season to get married outside is very, very short. Okay. So, <clears throat> so because of this, and because there are just simply not enough warm weekends to go around, we are going to see more weekday, think Thursday and Friday ceremonies and celebrations. So I'm not going to be surprised if this happens, if couples decide to do this. If you are hearing this and you're feeling a little bit of despair or sadness or disappointment at this, hear me out. I don't think this is that terrible. Um, there are a lot of pros to having a weekday wedding. So first, um, a lot of, according to some articles that I read, the cost of your wedding can be decreased by a third because some venues and vendors just have lower rates, rates on those days because they're traditionally less popular and harder for them to book. Second, a weekday wedding can potentially lead a lower guest count. And no, I'm not saying you don't want to have all your friends and family there because you've been waiting for three years to have your wedding and now you can't have everyone there. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of couples realize that while wedding planning, each person can cost them 200 300 500 even even $1,000 per person when you factor in all the expenses. So a lower guest count, just slightly, even by like 10 people, will allow you to have more money to spend on the guests that do arrive or are able to attend because it's not spread out as as thinly over more guests. Now, if your wedding is local to most of your guests, a weekday wedding may not be so bad and may not be really a deterrent for those people to attend. No, they might not be as crazy, you know, on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night because they might have to go to work the next day, but at least they'll be able to attend because they're not having to travel to a destination wedding, meaning guests have to travel at least two hours and stay overnight. So so if your guests are more local to the area where you're having your wedding, then it might not be um, so bad to have it during the week. Um, 
a third pro for a weekday wedding is if you prefer to have a smaller wedding or something on the more intimate side, then a weekday wedding will help that. You know, people can't travel as much during the week because they have, you know, limited vacations. So if you are wanting more of quality and focusing on having fewer people and not necessarily wanting everyone and their mother and brother to come, then a weekday wedding could actually be really good. Fourth, my last one, um, if you have a weekday wedding, there is potentially going to be more availability from your wedding vendors to shoot your wedding, photograph your wedding, to provide florals for your wedding because they're not booked on that day. So that could potentially help you with finding a venue and then also certain vendors that um, may otherwise been booked already. A lot of people I know, I, I know you guys envision having your wedding on the weekend. So if none of these things matter to you, then you might just have to be more flexible in the day and time that you're going to get married, the time of the year. But um, that's just something to think about. But if you are concerned more about your budget or have a certain guest count number in mind or want a specific vendor or venue, then maybe consider a weekday wedding, especially if you're looking to plan a wedding for 2022. Okay, that was number one, which was weekday weddings or non-traditional wedding dates. Okay, number two, wedding trend number two for 2022 are Bridgerton and cottagecore inspired weddings. This is kind of like two in one. But when it comes to wedding trends, they're often influenced by what is happening in popular culture, the media. And I believe they are a reflection of interior design and fashion trends that are also going on at the same time. Oftentimes, TV shows and movies can inspire couples on how they want to decorate for their own weddings. And this is definitely an example of one of those instances. So now I'm not saying that Squid Games is going to be one of the shows that couples are going to want to emulate when they when they decorate for their wedding. I personally think it's too violent. I could not get into it. But anyways, Netflix's other hit show, Bridgerton, has definitely already started to influence weddings already in 2021. And I think it will continue to influence couples to have Bridgerton style weddings in 2022. So for those of you that have not watched Bridgerton... It is set in high society London um, in the early 1800s, I think 1813 specifically. It follows Daphne Bridgerton as she seeks an eligible bachelor in the competitive marriage of Regency London. So like many rom-coms, you cue the handsome yet emotionally distant, smoking hot bachelor Duke of Hastings. It's a very Jane Austen type romance, Pride and Prejudice, Bridget Jones' Diary, basically all of the rom-coms ever made. But Bridgerton is a little bit more graphic and explicit since it's on screen instead of a 400 page novel. And it is definitely graphic. Do not watch it with your parents. Maybe you could. I don't know. I would not. Um, but anyway, so just to show how popular the show was, according to the New York Times, it had a viewership of 82 million households and became the most watched series on Netflix at the time of its premiere. And it remains, at least at the time of this podcast, the second most watched series by total watch time on the platform. And it has reached number one in 76 countries on Netflix. So it is huge. Everyone has watched it, basically. Because of its popularity, it is not surprising that couples are going to want to emulate or include inspiration from Bridgerton in their weddings. So for example, and it's funny that it's kind of happening at the same time, the cottage core movement increased in popularity in 2021. So if you're not familiar with cottage core, I became familiar with it just this past year. Think romantic English countryside, prints with dainty small flowers, lace or knit doilies, basically Anything wildflower inspired with lots of fields, anthropology, um, if you're watching Sex Education, also on Netflix, which takes place in Wales, like the cottage where Jacobs um, lives. Like I feel like that whole like, setting is very cottage core with all the flowers and the flower boxes and kind of overgrown greenery and nature. Anyways, floral prints, um, cottage core. Anyways, on the flip side, so that's one aspect of how you could see Bridgerton kind of coming into um, in vogue um, and influencing how we are designing and decorating as a society is this cottage core movement with anthropology and all that stuff. On the flip side, if you wanted something more elegant, then the Bridgerton 
grand ballrooms, castles, venues with historic architecture, natural floral arrangements, empire waist dresses, very, very formal attire like ascots for men um, could also inspire couples and how they plan and the aesthetic for their wedding. So now with the ongoing pandemic, I do see how couples could take inspiration from both aesthetics um, and incorporate them into their outdoor intended weddings, which, as we said earlier, outdoor intended weddings are still going to be very popular for the coming years. Um, and it works well because if you think about where Daphne and the Duke of Hastings took many a stroll, whether at night or during the day or when they went on their little promenades, they were walking along these um, gravel paths amongst manicured lawns and there were beautiful hedges that were trimmed and fountains. Like I think that whole garden inspired wedding is going to be very, very popular. A Jane Austen fan or whether you're a Bridgerton fan and you like the romantic and whimsical aesthetic of the English, whether you like the simple cottage core style or the more elegant, refined ballroom settings in Bridgerton, I definitely think you're going to see some of this coming into vogue as couples think about the aesthetics for their 2022 and 2023 weddings. The next trend we have is the floral motifs. So kind of going along with the whole cottage core movement that's gaining in popularity, I think more couples are going to want to in incorporate floral motifs in their stationery and in their attire. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but you might have noticed that for a couple of years now, bridesmaids have been choosing dresses or brides have been choosing color palettes and dresses for their bridesmaids that are of similar color palettes and some of them are even incorporating floral patterns as one of the options for the colors in the bridesmaids dresses. I think it looks really sweet um, and is a more modern take on bridesmaids apparel and I think this will definitely continue to become more popular as the years continue. In addition, as suppliers continue to experience floral shortages and the price of flowers has just increased Overall, due to supply chain issues, couples are going to want to incorporate flowers into their wedding day in other ways that might not be real flowers, but the whole floral motif. So I think you're going to see that as well. You will not be surprised to hear that eBay has reported a 205% rise in searches for puff-sleeved wedding dresses that are inspired by the ladies of Bridgerton. So I've also seen a lot of dresses over the past few years with um, empire waists and square necklines, um, off the shoulder sleeves or puffy sleeves and capes or capelets that are also reminiscent of the early 1800s where when Bridgerton was set. Finally, I think more brides are also going to opt for sheer sleeves that are kind of reminiscent of this time period as well. So if you think of the corset top that a lot of the women wore or, and um, then they would pair that with the puffy sleeves on the sides, there's nothing on their shoulders themselves. But then if you go off the shoulder, they have like the rounded sleeves or the puffy sleeves. And then they have a sleeve that goes down to their fingertips. So I would either say people are going to go with more sleeves or even just gloves instead of sleeves. Um, all of this I do see as being inspired inspired by Bridgerton or English fashion of this time period. So I would I definitely did look at um, New York Fashion Week and how... Um, what the trends were in the fall of 2021 and what designers were coming out with for this coming year. And it definitely looked like there was a lot of romance. There was a lot of lace, empire-waisted dresses, and the puff sleeves on the the gowns and also the the long sleeves coming down from the puff sleeves seemed to be popular as well. So that's it for trend number four, which is the Bridgerton-inspired fashion um, with empire waist dresses and dresses with puff sleeves. Okay, number five, more inclusivity and moving away from gendered roles in the wedding. So while I don't think this is a trend, but more a cultural shift for the better, I felt like it was relevant to include in this episode. Um, but I also talked about it a lot in my episode 42, which is called Wedding Party Roles which you can find at verveeventco.com forward slash four two. Um, but with society's changing attitude towards gender identity, there has definitely been a shift away from traditional wedding roles. For example, bridesmaids and groomsmen, quite frankly, because more and more couples are having weddings that are not just a bride and groom and their attendants are not just people of the same gender as they are. So 
Like I mentioned with um, Bridgerton inspiring weddings, weddings are definitely a reflection of the attitudes of the society and what's happening in social media. So an increased acceptance of members of the LGBTQ plus community has definitely prompted an important dialogue of support towards a person regardless of their pronouns or sexual orientation. And I do think that more wedding vendors and venues will use language that is hopefully more inclusive in the coming years, not just for 2022. So instead of calling it, for example, a bridal suite, venues will call it a getting ready suite or a wedding suite in general. Um, instead of calling it a bridal party, people will call it a wedding party. This is something I've been doing for many years just because it's easier and not so gendered specific. Um, but calling it a wedding party, I think is a big thing. Um, in addition, you know, more couples, like I said, are having their wedding party fill non-traditional roles. So even in this past summer, I've seen flower grandmas, flower men, which can be either adorably sweet or hilarious, depending on the direction you want to take and the direction that the men want to take. Um, so if you want more info on gender roles for the wedding party and how people are calling different people, um, check out episode 42. I talk about bridesmen, groomswomen, um, lots of different permutations of this, which I think is a positive um, trend for our industry for sure. Okay, number six. Uh, sustainable and ecologically friendly weddings. So eco-friendly and more environmentally conscious weddings are still definitely going to be popular in 2022. For a long time now, farm-to-table food or catering has been popular. Um, and I think it's still going to continue to be popular. One, because it's fresh and it's delicious. Two, because it's just going to be easier with supply chain issues, hopefully, that people are sourcing from their local markets and relying on what's available closest to them. Couples are also going to hopefully avoid plastic and disposable utensils and decorations just because um, it's wasteful. And there's a lot of waste, and I think more people are conscious of that. And they're also going to try to work with florists who use locally grown flowers um, because of the not just the supply chain issues, but just because it's just better for the environment. Because a lot of you know a lot of flowers are shipped internationally from South America, and that costs a lot of money and it's a lot of waste with the gas and the trucking and the flower paper and all that kind of stuff. So, so sourcing from local growers is going to definitely be more ecologically and environmentally um, safe. In addition, people are just loving supporting small businesses. And that's something that we can definitely get behind here at Verve. One of the saddest parts definitely of the wedding for me as a wedding planner and vendor is having to dispose of a lot of the florals and decor once the wedding is over. So a lot of times I ask couples, um, are you going to take the flowers home? Um, or I talk to the, the, the florist, can we take the vessels home or do we need to bring our own vessels? And then the couples can take the flowers home in a different, in a different vessel. Um, and then they can reuse them for the breakfast the next day or gift them to their favorite aunts, you know, all that kind of stuff, just because the flowers so that the flowers can be enjoyed for longer than just that night. The waste that is in, you know, the waste that occurs in our industry is something that we've been talking about as wedding vendors and event industry um, providers for a long time. I know we've been talking about it for at least, you know, 15, 20 years, as long as I've been in it. And, you know, you know, in the early 2000s, we were definitely big on trying to be carbon neutral or carbon offsetting. So it's something that we're all working towards. And admittedly, we just do need to keep continuing to work on this. If this is important for you, having an environmentally friendly or sustainable wedding, talk to your vendors about it. Many might already have processes in place that you're not aware of. For example, I know a lot of caterers that I work with do work with local farmers and growers. They also work with composting companies to reuse those items um, in a way that is going to be environmentally safe for our earth. I've also talked in the past on the podcast about how working with florists that are local and sourcing their flowers from local growers will help reduce shipping and transportation and gas. And, you know, that, that's also just safe for the, for the environment. So if this is something that's important for you, talk to your vendors. Um, if you are thinking about purchasing decor for your wedding and reselling it, I highly encourage you all to consider renting decor and furniture and table settings from local providers. This is something I've talked about multiple times on my, on Instagram, but I think that 
I know some people think it's more economical to purchase things like chargers and then think about reselling them or vases or hurricanes or whatever. That does create waste if they're just sitting in your basement or you're not reselling it. So consider talking to rental providers first and seeing if they have what you want or even selling your stuff to rental companies so that they can reuse it a lot more and repurpose it for many weddings to come and not just adding to waste in your basement. Um, I'm working with a couple right now that is incorporating QR codes in their wedding stationery to reduce paper. That's usually a one-time use. So there's lots of different ways to think about being environmentally conscious for your wedding. Um, in an upcoming episode, I'm talking to the Silk Stem Collective, and they actually rent faux silk flowers, um, which reduce waste and are is also economically friendly. So look out for that episode if you're into um, that option for your wedding flowers. Okay. Trend number seven. This is going to probably surprise you, but so now every year the Panto Institute announces a color of the year in December of the previous year. So this past December, December 2021, they said that the color of 2022 is very peri, which is basically a darker, richer color of periwinkle. When I think of periwinkle, I think of a lighter shade of purple that's kind of bright. Um, but according to them, the very Perry shade incorporates, quote, the stability of the blues family, but adds a violet red undertone to be more dynamic and creative. Now, in order for Pantone to pick the color of the year, members of the Institute look at many elements in our society, including movies, entertainment, fashion, etc., to see what colors seem to be growing in popularity and also are reflecting the current mood of our society as a whole. So, I will provide an image of what Very Perry looks like in the show notes, which can be found at verveventco.com forward slash 48. So you can see the exact shade of purple that Very Perry is. They say it's blue. I see purple. But as you'll see, it's a very rich kind of violet. And you might hear this this color and think, "Mm, Desiree, I don't know if purple is really going to be it. Um, but, But this past summer... I kid you not, the bridesmaid's dress I wore to my friend's wedding where I was the maid of honor was, you guessed it, periwinkle. Now, her periwinkle dresses were much lighter in color than the very peri that is, um, that is, you know, the Pantone periwinkle, very peri, but it still shows that in this very peri, so the periwinkle that I wore was, was a Zazie, that was a new shade for 2021. So it already shows how, um, that shade, the, the blue, the, sorry, the purplish periwinkle is definitely coming into vogue and Pantone is recognizing that. And also the summer for, um, one of my couple's weddings, it was Caleb and Eddie and they were in August. Their color palette was a mix of what we called store bay colors. So it included peach, a darker lilac, green, and these were actually an homage to their school colors, but it had purple in it, guys. And then, Third, last spring, so spring of 2021, I designed a photo shoot that was inspired by the lavender fields of Provence. So yes, that also had purple in it as well. So I can just see how this shade is just coming more into vogue. Before, I think we were into blues. Now we're kind of moving away from the blue, still a little blue, but something a little bit different. So I think that Pantone is very spot on with their prediction of this color. And I wouldn't be surprised if more and more couples incorporate a shade similar to the Very Perry in their 22 or 2023 wedding. Um, it also, I think, works well with the cottage core Bridgerton style weddings that I talked about earlier because that is a very, very rich shade of purple, which I think just works well. Um, okay, but if you disagree, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, trend number eight, colorful weddings over white weddings. So while we are on the subject of color, I do think that couples will continue to incorporate color into their weddings more and more. And I talked about this earlier in the episode when I was talking about 2021 trends, but um, more, like I said, 
more and more couples are going to, are embracing color in their weddings, whether they're bright colors, pastel colors, rich, bold colors, whatever it is, you know, as a society, we're all just craving joy and happiness, which can be evoked with lighter and brighter colors. This trend towards using color in their wedding is just another reflection of how we are just moving away from more traditional ways of having a wedding where it's always white and green and incorporating color because that's how couples are wanting to express themselves in a more unique way. Okay. Okay, now we're almost done. We are on trend number nine of 10. So the sequel weddings. One thing I do want to mention is the sequel wedding. So so what we saw a lot of during the pandemic were couples were getting legally married, but holding out for a bigger celebration until there was a time when they felt more comfortable or when there were less restrictions. So a lot of couples got married legally. They had an intimate ceremony and then they had, they scheduled another wedding. So an anniversary party, a sequel wedding, a vow renewal, whatever it is. Another reason for them to get everyone together, book a venue, have, have catering, have the fun party. Um, because they actually want to celebrate. So I do think that that is going to take place in 2022 um, and even in 2023, just because couples just want to, people in general just want to celebrate and have a, a, the ability to get together. So as you're planning your wedding for 2022 or 2023, keep that in mind because there were, will definitely be um, some couples that are already gotten married, but will get married again. Um, okay. And now my last and final trend prediction is the number 10 local destination weddings, which when you hear me say that, you think, wait, local and destination? So it might be confusing, but I think with international travel um, still being unsure in other parts of the world, but couples are craving travel and getting out and having exotic environments, they will create them but in the States, so guests don't have to travel as much. They will, you know, pick their wonderful, beautiful, amazing destination that they always envisioned getting married in, whether it's the um, Amalfi Coast, the Caribbean, being on a yacht, whatever it is, they will pick some far-flung exotic destination and recreate it here at home. They will bring in cuisines from this locale. They will bring in entertainment, textiles, colors, other elements from their exotic destination and create it at home for their wedding guests because that's what they want to do. They want to be able to enjoy and have a destination-esque wedding, but not make it as destination. I think this could be a bridge for couples that want to start that next chapter of their lives, but in a safe way that is less risky, things... <laughs> that is less risky since things are still challenging and changing all of the time, which I know I keep saying that, guys, and I hope that like this will end one day, but mm, I don't know. So that's why I'm predicting these things for 2022. 2023 will be very, very interesting. Well, fast forward to that um, next year. Okay, so so that is all ten of my predictions for 2022 wedding trends. So let's go back and review them really fast. Number one was weekday events or weekday weddings and um, weddings on non-traditional days. Number two, Bridgerton and cottage core inspired weddings. Number three was floral motifs, um, a lot in the decor and the aesthetics. Number four was Bridgerton inspired fashion as far as um, empire waist dresses and puffy sleeves and maybe some bridal gloves, maybe ascots. Number five more inclusivity and moving away from gendered roles in the wedding. Number six, sustainable and eco-friendly weddings. Number seven, periwinkle. Uh, more specifically, very peri by the Pantone Color Institute. Number eight, colorful weddings over white weddings. Number nine, sequel weddings. So anniversary weddings, vow renewals, etc. And number 10, the local destination wedding. Okay, so that wraps up our 2022 Wedding Trends episode. And this is actually longer for me for as far as my solo episodes go. Um, for the episode show notes and links to examples of all of these trends, head to the show notes at verveventco.com forward slash 48. That's verveventco.com forward slash 48. And again, you can see examples of a lot of the trends I talked about in today's episode. So 
As always, if you all have follow-up questions or want to talk more in-depth with me about something you heard today or you have questions about it or an opinion, please leave the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave your Instagram handle and what your question is, and I will address it in a future episode, and I will follow you back. Also, while you are there, please let me know what you think of the format of the podcast. Do you like the solo episodes? Do you like the interviews? Do you like both? And how is the length for you? Is there like a sweet spot that you really, really like? And then you're like, that's right, it's getting too long. Let me know. I read every single review and check Apple Podcasts multiple times a week. Um, also, several of you have left me reviews in the past few weeks. And I'm so, 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 so grateful for you for doing that. I am going to start reading them at the end of the show because I want to recognize you all and tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to leave me a review. So today's review um is by J.F. and a lot of zeros, T. Um, all right. The review was title, Great Show, Amazing Tips. Yay. Okay. Desiree is a pro who knows her stuff. Planning a wedding can be difficult, but Des makes it so much easier and fun. I love every episode and love how she interviews her guests. This podcast is definitely your secret weapon when planning your wedding. Thank you so much, JF, many zeros, T, for leaving me that review. I don't know your name. So guys, if you do leave me a review, leave your first name and maybe your last initial or just your first name uh, so I can give you a shout out if you don't want to leave your Instagram handle. Um, also, if you guys know how to respond to reviews so I can respond back to people and tell them thank you, let me know that as well because I don't know how to do that. I do it always on on um uh, Google and in the not, but I don't know how to do it on Apple Podcasts. Okay. We're wrapping up. Um, also, don't forget you all that I did make a coupon code for my podcast l- listeners for the wedding planning template shop. So if you want to save on any of my wedding planning templates, use the code podcast. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T for 10% off anything in the wedding planning template shop, which you can visit at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. Next week, I am joined by Ksenia of West Avenue Wedding on how to build an effective wedding website, which everybody has, especially in the pandemic. You definitely need to have a really good updated website. So this is going to be an awesome episode for you all to listen to. Thank you all so, so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I will talk to you all in the meantime on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast. And we are on TikTok. So the the handle for us on TikTok is is Verve Event Co. Because literally I have so many social media handles and I can't do multiple ones right now. But if you're on TikTok, blah, if you're on TikTok, I would love for you to come follow me. I'm very, very just getting started. Um, but I would love for you all to come follow me. Let me know what you're into, what you love hearing on the podcast. And I will see you all, talk to you all next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 